my god, yes. That's the sound of me. Right? <laughs> puddle on my desk. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. The B Team. My name is Brady. And I am Carl. <laughs> That sounded weird. Uh, it I sounded, yeah. Like that all. <laughs> yeah. That would be difficult uh, to maintain. Yeah. Maybe, maybe leave that voice, maybe leave that voice in the bedroom and <laughs> off the podcast. Um, That's a bedroom voice? That's kind of creepy for the bedroom. What are well, you doing I in the bedroom? <laughs> sleep. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> uh, okay. Hello and welcome to Ahsoka episode four, Fallen Order. Fallen Jedi, Fallen Order, <laughs> Fallen Jedi. Too many Fallens in the Star Wars universe. Man, man, can we listen? Can we just skip forward and talk about the last ninety seconds and just do away with the rest of this episode? I mean, listen, the rest of the episode is amazing, but I cannot wait to get to the end of this episode. And I don't know, talk the, about the, the first. The first ten minutes is pretty good. First, I mean, the whole thing is great. The middle 10 minutes is pretty, last, yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome. (laughs) So the episode starts and we're right where we left off aboard the ship. Uh, What's the name of the ship? Fulcrum. The Fulcrum? Okay. I think so. So we're aboard the, it's, what, it's the one from Rebels? I don't know. Um, What is uh, Soka's ship? Uh, T6 shuttle. Yeah. Uh, Debut in Clone Wars. Called T61974. It is. I don't think it has a name. It doesn't have a name. No. It's just the T61974. Because yeah, I think because Fulk the t- the name Fulcrum that Sabine uses here when she's trying to contact um, Hera is the the code name that Ahsoka uses in Rebels. Right. It's so uh, yeah, but it's not. So I, I guess <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Okay, so we start off and we're aboard the, the we're aboard Ahsoka's, Ahsoka's ship, um, and uh, there's still some repairs that need to be done, and Hu Yang is <coughs> working diligently working away at that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and Sabine is trying to get through to Hera, and that's a no go. Not happening. Yeah. Um, and so they. Sabine leaves the ship where Ahsoka is standing outside and they have a they, tough conversation. <laughs> they have a very tough conversation. Why don't you tell us about that tough conversation, Carl? Well, uh, 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 Ahsoka has pretty much come to the realization that they might not have time or be able to take the uh, map off world which mean, but their enemies do have that ability. So given the chance, uh, if they get their hands on it or get close to it, they need to destroy it, which would completely nullify their chances of getting to Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Which is the whole, one of the whole reasons why Sabine has joined this little charade. Yeah, so basically basically the instruction from the master here is stopping the enemy and preventing Thrawn's return. Return. Yeah. Is takes priority over everything else. Yeah. He's and too, that we, too great a threat. Yeah, we can't risk Thrawn's return just for the chance at rescuing Ezra and Sabine doesn't take super kindly to that. Yeah. She's, she's adamant that it won't come to that. Yeah. And Ahsoka asks her, 
Sabine, can I count on you? Right? Like, Ahsoka's now worried that Sabine is going to do something reckless and not stick to the plan. Um, and so she says, can I count on you? And Sabine well, says... stick to her plan. <laughs> yes, right. Sabine says, yeah, of course you can. You know you can. And Ahsoka, I don't think, fully buys that, um, you know, somewhat understandably. And so Hu Yang comes out and says, like, hey, is everything okay out here? And <laughs> Ahsoka kind of brushes him off and is like, eh, eh, and goes back into the ship. And Hu Yang proceeds to open up an outside panel so that he can, you know, keep Continue working work. away. And we meet up with Shin and Baylin. <clears throat> and they're just kind of uh, sort of going over, they're just kind of rehashing what went on at the end of the first one of like, hey, okay, we know where they are and you, it's time for you guys to go move in and take them. And he's sending both Shin and the Inquisitor to go take them down. So that's um, that potentially spells bigger trouble for us than simply just Shin. Shin seems relatively incompetent. Um, I'm thinking the Inquisitor is maybe a bigger threat than she is. Yeah. Um, have you, how, how close do you follow like any kind of like theory crafting on shows, these shows? Not at all. Not even a little. Um, so <clears throat> you played the force unleashed and are a big fan of those video games Yo, forever ago. Yeah. Do you know, do you remember the name of the. Uh, character of course not only because it's a sick name but because it was it's a very well crafted callback to Star Wars history and what is it Starkiller his his actual name oh uh uh no um <clears throat> it is uh Galen Merrick okay Right. Yeah. Do you know what? Have you caught what the name of this Inquisitor is? No. Maroc. Spelled, spelled the differently. same. Spelled oh, differently. Okay. Galen Merrick is M A R E K. Maroc is M A R R O K. But they sound similar. Very similar. <clears throat> On top similar, of that, similar roles within, like it, he, you know, he looks very similar to when um, he plays Lord when, when, like in the games. If you choose the dark, there's a point where you can choose dark side, light side. If you choose dark side, there's DLC in which you play Lord Starkiller, Darth Vader's apprentice. In, in this right. weird arm. Well, you don't, you're no longer Darth Vader's apprentice. You're um, Palpatine's apprentice. You take Darth Vader's place. Palpatine puts you in armor, Sith armor, uh, and that armor looks very similar to this armor. Not identical, but similar. There's a lot of similarities to it. Um, some people have kind of like paired the voicing from the game and this character and it's not again it's not identical but it's the same so a lot of people have been theory crafting that this is Dave Filoni's way of introducing or kind of bringing this beloved character right kind of half-heartedly into canon without bringing him cuz you can't not can bring, yeah not canonizing the games cuz there would be too many well and you can't canonize Galen Merrick for true to begin with he's too powerful Oh like, yeah, he's almost more power. He's he's as or more powerful than Vader. Like he's in one of the games, you literally stop a star destroyer from leaving the orbit of a of a of a the orbit of a planet that you're on. Like you're on the ground and you're using the force to stop a star destroyer from leaving. Not only do you stop it, you drag it into the ground. You cause it to crash. Like Galen Merrick is an OP force user. Yeah. Right. So you can't, you cannot bring him into 
the Star Wars canon f- for true. <laughs> but you can kind of like wink and a nod to fans. Like, I see you, right? So I th- a lot of people are theorizing that this is Dave Filoni's way of saying wink, nod, here I I hear I see you I I know what you want I can't give it to you but here here's here's a little here's a little something to wet your palate right and I just looked up who was playing Maroc and it's Paul Darnell some guy named Part Paul Darnell yeah, it's, it's not the guy who does Star Trek. I was I was can you imagine if it was Sam Witwer yeah. and that that yeah. would be the official like that'd be confirmation that'd be all the confirmation <laughs> yeah. anyone would need. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, like spoiler for 10 minutes from now, but like this guy dies. So yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Again, yeah. it's not him. <laughs> uh, so then we have, uh, the title card and we cut back to, uh, Hu Yang working away at the ship and, uh, the enemy forces approach. They're creeping in. They're creeping in, boy. And, um, yeah, and they kind of, I don't know. Uh, There's a convert. We cut to a conversation between Ahsoka and Sabine. Um, It's kind of just, it's kind of more of the same, but essentially Sabine is asking, like, are there times where you should, um, are there times where you why am I struggling to to word this? Like Ahsoka is saying, look, I I know how much this all means to you. Um, but sometimes we kind of have to just do what's right instead of do what it is that we want. Right? Yeah. We need to we need to put the greater good above our desires. Yeah. And Sabine we need to says, make the same sacrifice that Ezra made here. <laughs> yeah. And, and Sabine says, do you, do you actually believe that? And Ahsoka says, yeah, like when the stakes are high enough, absolutely. Um, and so we cut back out to hate who, who Yang working away at the ship as our dudes arrive. He makes some comment about like, Oh yeah. Okay. Finally, finally making some progress, which is sort of like a funny ironic because, all the shit's about to get effed up. Um, and uh, he can kind of, not sense in the sense of like the force, but like his, he, he, he hears sensors. some noises, he has some sensors, and he knows something's coming. And uh, and he gets in a fist fight with, with the, like an assassin droid. droid. Yeah. And, um, and ultimately, he ends up in some trouble here, but he kind of holds his own, right? Like he is, he's, he's designed to help train in combat is one of his functions. And so he knows what he's doing and he gets in a fun little fist fight, which is very, very fun because he uses his extra hands. (laughs) Yes. And it kind of seems like, okay, like he's not super worried about it until he sees, there's a bunch of other enemies approaching and he knows, okay, I cannot, I cannot manage this on my own. And so he uses one of his extra arms to knock out the power to the ship. And Sabine says, Oh, it looks like I hey, screwed it up. Yang effed up. Right. <laughs> and, ah- but Ahsoka knows better. Ahsoka says, no, nah, he wouldn't. Right. Like that's, that's not, what's going on here and immediately ignites her lightsabers and goes running out of the ship. Sabine throws on her helmet and follows. Uh, and yeah, they, they have a little ass kicking party here and it's a lot of fun. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just so good to have lightsabers back on the screen, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And like deflecting blaster hits and like, Using like the I've force just and using block the force, people from kitting you. And, like I, yeah, just this is a fun little fight. It. Like it's very quick, but like yes, 
a lot of really cool stuff happens and that she's about to get shot. So she like moves one of the opponents in between her and the person that's going to shoot her. And yeah, Sabine takes advantage of that to take out the other guy and, and pulls, uses yeah. her grapple to like pull a guy in and then Ahsoka slices him. Like, yeah, you know, um, so the fight ends and who Yang gets back up and, and, looks at the new damage to the ship and he's like, okay, well, it's, it's going to set us back a little bit. Ahsoka instructs him to prioritize fixing the transmitter because they need to get in touch with Hera as soon as possible. Um, And in a really fun kind of moment, which sort of shows that Hu Yang is in touch with some of the bickerings and and tensions that are going on. Hu Yang, as Ahsoka and Sabine are walking away to go, you know, kick some ass and accomplish their mission, uh, Hu Yang says, can I make a request of both of you? And Ahsoka turns around and asks what it is, and he says, stay together. You were always better that way, in my opinion. Which is just fun. Like, it's a fun, like, yeah, you know. I, I, it, it's, I think it's, like, insightful, too, in that he he just knows that, you know, they, they, they work well together. And yes. And it'll increase their chances of survival. And, like, and, and, he, and that he, he, they he work, cares for them both. And he, yeah. They work well together more than maybe they both are in tune to right now. Right. Yeah. Like they, they, he understands the importance of them working together and maybe they don't. So then we cut back to Hera and she's aboard her ship and she's like, it, the, one of the admirals, Capital captains, ships. whatever he is, walks up to him and says, Hey, sup, home slice. And <laughs> she's like, Look, I need you to keep an eye on things while I'm gone. And he's like, Gone. What, you can't leave. <laughs> what you playing at? And she's like, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going. I'm gonna go do this. And he's like, uh, but the council said no. And she's kind of like, well, stop me. <laughs> anyway, see you later. <laughs> right? Like she just, and so Hera gets aboard her ship, and uh, she's she's not alone. <laughs> she bring in Kiddo with her. Yeah, we did and, see him last episode briefly. Yes, and Chopper is coming along too. Of course he is. Of course he is. Can't, can't leave Chopper out of this. Yeah. So Chopper does his little chattering that he does. Um and <laughs> Yeah, and it's cute. He's like she tells him to buckle up and and the kid's like, "Well, do I have to?" and she kind of pulls rank. <laughs> She's I'm like, "Mom, you have yeah, to listen." <laughs> I'm mom and a general. When you're a general, then you know, until you're a general, buckle up. Um, and so they buckle up and then they head out with all the other nice little X wings that are coming along with them, abandoning this big, beautiful fleet. Like, you know, good for them. We're not super post empire and, and we've got a nice little well intact. fleet. We have found out through not this show, I think it was one of the Mandalorian shows um, that the Republic, I guess we did kind of find out about it a little bit in this show from the lat from two episodes ago, but they are like repurposing. They're, they're, they're tearing down the, the military. Like yeah. they're, they're oh, tearing right. apart the empire's military, but and like our own too. the Republic itself is demilitarizing as well. Yeah. Like I think we the, dealt with the, that the, in Andor the of, a bunch. Yeah, right. Yes. The the idea of the Empire is that they're... No, Andor... Right, Andor no, that wouldn't was, make sense. No, yeah, no, it was Mando. Andor. It was Mando season one. Yeah, the idea of the, the Empire is that they will have a very minimal military force and will deal with everything diplomatically because everything goes well diplomatically. Yeah. <laughs> so then as we're leaving... We see a familiar face, Star Wars's new Wedge Antilles, for some reason. Uh, Carson Teva shows up. I like who, this guy. Of course, we've seen in Mandalorian. We saw him in Book of Boba Fett. And now- Kim's Convenience. He, 
he had Kim's convenience and now he's here in Soka. I don't know. I'm kind of over him. I think he's fine. He's a good character, but he's I just like kind of like always there now. And I'm like, is this the new C3PO R2D2? I like what's... I think he's great. Like this is <clears throat> like um This is Dave Filoni um finding somebody who truly loves Star Wars and and continuing to give them work. Like this is the same reason Sam Witwer continues to have work in, within Star Wars is why this guy continues to pop up. Sure. Right? Like this yeah. guy is a huge Star Wars nut and somehow he got a bit part in in Mandalorian and then mm-hmm. it's kind of his his enthusiasm for things Star Wars because he just loves the universe authentically and not because he's got a job like some actors may or may not appeal appeal to the, their fans right. uh, about like the, his his enthusiasm is on that and then like Dave Filoni's kind of like he honors that <laughs> like if you if you're an actor and you have authentic enthusiasm for this world he's like okay you can continue working for us as long as you want. Yes. And yeah. that's what this is. And I, I don't yeah. have a problem with it. I think the character is fun. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. He's the one that we I, saw. I he's the one that we saw have a conversation with grief or, yeah. uh, yeah. I so. don't, I, I don't need a Carson TV show. Please don't give me a Carson TV show or a movie. He was, he was also the one <laughs> in the bar with Zeb. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw that um, he is a three, he is a big three. Star Wars fan. I've, I saw something about how he um, his by his request his costume w- is specifically referenced and and inspired by Big's Dark Lighter, right? Like it, he yeah. wanted it, to pay. It's homage. actually if I'm I could be mistaken here, but I believe I've heard him talk about how it's it's almost identical to his own personal cosplay outfit oh really that's cool yeah that's cool um so he shows up and you know he kind of gives his little words of caution he's like yeah you know this is this is this might be treason (laughs) like this is you're we're risking a lot here um but then also kind of like affirms that you're in charge like I like for the record, I'm with you. We're doing this. <laughs> Just so you know, this is pretty stupid. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, this is dumb. I get the risks. I hope you understand the risks. <laughs> but I'm faithful. I'm loyal to you. So yeah. let's go kick some ass. Yeah. I know the um, bureaucracy thing sucks because I've dealt with it. <laughs> yes. So then we switch back to Shin and Balin. Um and they're kind of talking about the, they're talking about the key, the apple of Eden still. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they think maybe that uh, Balin thinks that some calculations are off and that this isn't going to go, go over <clears throat> as planned. Um, and, uh, Morgan Elsbeth kind of says like, have faith. And I, in a, in a very important what I think is a very important line that j- just kind of happens and they don't make a big deal out of it. Balin says, faith. I lost faith a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, and this isn't the first time that like Balin seems very heavy on referencing his Jedi days and yeah. his experiences in the Jedi temple. Now, obviously Ray Stevenson has passed away. And so we're not going to see this character past season one of this show. Yeah. We, we but, could if they recast. Yeah, true. But I'm not convinced yet. I think Shin is dead meat. Shin's going to die. And Morgan Elsbeth is either getting locked up or is getting killed. And I don't know... Like, yes, then it makes continuity, or not continuity, but it just makes, like, the universe a little bit more of a mess because you can never have, 
because of the way Star Wars is set up, you can never have very many light side force user, lightsaber wielding people at any given point because it kind of throws off our understanding of where the galaxy is at. <clears throat> Right. right, we've already done that by having Ahsoka exist in the yeah, time I, that she does, and, and you so, mentioned this in a past episode because it's like the like I think it was episode one or episode two of this where you were talking about how Obi Wan tells Anakin or Yoda as Force Ghost, the that, last you know, hope. That boy was our last hope. Oh no, there is another. <clears throat> there is another. Yeah. So <clears throat> and. Sometime after that, um, it must have been like a breakdown video or something I was watching. They did like this quick, really fast scrawl of names. <laughs> like these are the people alive at the time <laughs> at at the time of of uh, the the original trilogy, <laughs> uh, Jedi yeah. that we know were alive. It's like, and it's a it's a pretty substantial list. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, and it got me thinking about your comment and and where it was stemming from and stuff and i i don't think they're that obi-wan and yoda are wrong um like it kind of muddies the i'll i'll i will um kind of give you give you some credit that yeah it does kind of muddy the waters a bit like but there are more jedi that can deal with this issue right right yes but can they deal with the prop with like, are they capable of handling Darth Vader? Who's killed every Jedi he's ever come up against. Right. One of the, basically right. one of the things that comes down to is does this require Skywalker blood? Yeah. Does and this think, require the blood that was conceived of by the force? Yeah. And I think in terms of the narrative of star Wars, it doesn't matter how many Jedi are alive at the time. The only beings that are capable of ending the reign of Vader and Sidious are Luke or Leia. Right. But then after that, we also need to be careful because it does very much feel like once, like there is a period of time right around the time that's happening now, presumably that Luke is off somewhere training up building a new era. Yeah. Yeah. Training up a new and, and young, like I'm guessing maybe right around this point or very shortly soon after, or maybe a couple years ago at this point, a young Ben Solo has been born and yeah, you know, like that's kind of where we're at. But then it also very much feels like once the Force Awaken comes, it's really just like Ray is clearly Force sensitive. But as far as like trained Jedi, it's really just Luke hiding out on Octu. Like that's kind of it. And if Luke doesn't pass the torch on to Ray, then everything right. dies out and it's gone. <clears throat> Um, yeah, presumably I would, I would say that that's a big presumably. So all, all that right? to say, I, would, I think, like, hang on. So like, that's a presumption based on the information the films gave us, which if, I mean, <laughs> this is a lot of, uh, our, our years, not star Wars years later, we, uh, we have come, we've come to the understanding that, oh, Obi-Wan and Yoda weren't the only ones that survived Order 66. Right. Right. Just because the movies tell us that uh, Skywalker's Jedi Academy, everybody died. Uh, we know that doesn't mean that all the Jedi are dead. Like maybe all the Jedi 10, that were 10 there years at from the time, now, 20 years from now, uh, Disney star Wars could be writing stories oh. about, uh, oh, these Jedi that were alive when, like Ahsoka. Ahsoka is an old lady doing her own thing because she's never really a Jedi. 
she's not really right. a Jedi right now, right? Like she walked away from the order. Right. right. So yeah. I mean anyway. Yeah. And what is a, it like and now in it's a current, devil's advocate comment, but now in current Star Wars, like post Sky or Rise of Skywalker, what does Jedi even mean? Right? Yeah. Like what a Jedi is has has been changed. Anyways, all that to say, I believe Balin probably doesn't make it out alive from the end of this series. Hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't think there might be a redemptive story arc for him. Yeah. He definitely seems, um, or some big like internal he's, conflict. He's, at least he's, he's not Sith. He's not no. even, I would, I would be hesitant to even call him a dark Jedi. He, he he's a force sensitive he, lightsaber wielding empire sympathizer. He's a I don't even think he's an empire sympathizer. I think he sees the return of Thrawn as a means to an end to rebuild the Jedi order in his own the in his own kind of not his own image but like the way he perceives it should be rebuilt. Right, he needs he needs power and he needs influence to to rebuild is the way he sees it. Right, that's 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 what I f- feel from the character when I when I, as I've been watching his character unfold. Right, there right. is there is corruption there, but I it, I believe I don't believe it's um, malicious corruption. I believe it's he. Uh, wanting to do good by any means by any means necessary. Right. Right, like he's not fully fallen to the dark side. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know about the whole wanting to rebuild the Jedi thing just because of simply because of his one and I could be wrong, but simply because of his one line at the beginning of the first episode where he's like we are no Jedi. So he clearly like I, I think it goes Jedi be- ways though because he's got a Padawan. The Padawan's got the braid still. Like there, he's he's respecting Jedi traditions to an extent. Well, unless this is he's just seeing this as his version of the rule of two. Yeah. Right. Anyways, um, jumping back to the episode. Um, Fight in the forest. Fight in the forest. Yeah, so basically he makes, Balin makes another comment about witchcraft. He's really not big on witches. Uh, Dathomirians are, witches are creepy. (laughs) Creepy. Uh, And then we have a fight in the forest. Um, Sort of a little showdown. And it's cool. It's cool to see, it's cool to see a lightsaber wielding Mandalorian armor wearing person yeah because i i I voiced it i'm sick of the whole fetish that we all have right now with mandalorian armor (laughs) like i'm so i'm so over it i'm so freaking done with it um but lightsabers do a lot of heavy lifting for for my frustration (laughs) um and so i'm i'm all for that and so yeah ahsoka ahsoka sort of splits off and fights the inquisitor yielding a beautiful inquisitor style double bladed lightsaber that we saw on um on the at the 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 ship facility thing we've seen them a number of times yeah corillia Cor- i've um, never been a fan of these things the double bladed the the, or the, the one with not the, the double the, bladed the inquisitor the double bladed because like the handle is so small it. i like the way it like spins on its own and they can like just kind of hold it there as it spins. I think that's cool, but the handle's so small, it looks like it'd be awkward. Do you know what the the spinning thing has always reminded me of? A helicopter? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it has reminded me, or made me, not reminded me of, has made me think of, it makes me think that that is a lightsaber hilt designed for someone who needs it because they're not skilled enough in their lightsaber technique and in the force 
to be able to do that without an auto spinning hilt. Right. Right. Uh, but so anyways, um, Sabine and Shin duel it out and um, Ahsoka and the Inquisitor duel Not it rock. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, we cut back to, we cut sort of rapidly back and forth here between the fight that's going on and what Balin and Morgan are up to. Uh, and they're like, things are well underway. This is, this is the moment stuff is happening. The little light beam is shooting to indicate that something is going on <laughs> in a very Star Warsy, sci-fi looking kind of way. Uh, and... Yeah, then we get to see the the really cool spinning. And it's kind of like he just holds it out in front of him, almost like he's like showing off, like, look what my lightsaber does. Um, and Ahsoka's like, that's cool. Look what my lightsaber does. And then cuts him in half. Yeah. This is, this is um, a very similar scene to what we got in the Visions, the last episode of Visions. Right. Yes. Where- where she easily dispatches this, this time she has her own lightsaber, so she doesn't need to take it from the inquisitor, but she very easily dispatches him. So then when she kills him, maybe this is a star Wars lore thing that I don't know about, but what the hell happens? He like gyrates a little bit and then splits open and so, and then smokes away. So yeah, so this happened in Visions too with the guy in Visions. Do you remember that? No. Like he kind of smokes out too. He kind of his body crumples into a pile of clothes. Was Vision was Visions the like different animation style one? It was similar to to the was it similar to it wasn't Clone Wars. Yeah, it was kind of Clone Wars style. Where each each ep- Oh, okay. What's the one where each No, isn't it isn't it the one where each episode there's a different Visions is the one where each episode there's a different animation style. Oh, that's right. Um, You're thinking Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Tales okay. of the Jedi. I, this I is like did, Tales of the Jedi. Because I didn't watch Visions. I did watch Tales of the Jedi, and I just right. don't quite remember this. Yeah. So there was like that guy with like a bird style mask helmet, and Ahsoka takes his lightsaber easily and cuts him in half, and smoke escapes him and he falls down into a crumpled mess of clothes essentially. And that was weird. I wasn't sure what was going on with that. I thought maybe it's just, that's his species or something. And then this happened. I was like, Oh, that's similar to that. And then one of the breakdown videos I watched kind of shed light on it. And I was like, Oh, that makes so much sense. This is death. This is death. witch magic. This is force magic. Oh yeah. So, if uh, I didn't remember it till I watched the breakdown. So, um, but do you remember watching the Clone Wars and Maul's Darth Maul's brother uh, gets brought back to life with Dathomirian witch magic? The, the witch magic, yeah, right. And force witch magic. It's, it's the force, but it's magic. But when he dies later on, the same thing happens. Like an essence of smoke, green smoky mist escapes his body, right? Um, okay, and it and and even we see it in the more recent Star Wars games, uh, um, Fall Fallen Order, right? When you're on Dathomir fighting the risen dead, they kind of die in some smoky, greeny, smoky stuff. Right, kind of, right, right. Okay, right? so this so is a live this action is a, version of that kind of. Yeah, this is a potentially a former Inquisitor. We don't know which one. We never find out that this uh, witch, uh, what's her name again? Morgan? Morgan Elspeth, yeah. Yeah, that Morgan has brought back to life using force magic that the Dathomirian witches know to fight for her cause and help her out. Right. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that, that is ob- like having that kind of like shown to me, like kind of brought to light. I was like, Oh, that's exactly what this is. Like, there's no other explanation now. Yeah. So, but it's really kind of it. Yeah. It, uh, if you, if you, if all you're watching is live action stuff, this is going to go way over your head. 
Right. Yeah, you're, you're going to completely miss it. You're going to be like, why is he smoking? What? Where's that dust coming from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, So then we cut back to Morgan and Balin, and Morgan's going to take off and go do some, some stuff. And basically just tells Balin, which is just a plot device in order to get Balin alone with the key so that he can have a solo confrontation with Ahsoka. Yeah. Ahsoka arrives, and there's some fun exchanging of words here where Balin is trying to get into Ahsoka's head um, and and mess with her. And, uh, and basically that goes down like... So I'm actually just going to read it word for word because... Uh, because I think it's really clever writing here, except for the one thing that Ahsoka says is a little, I don't know, a little cliche. But Balin says, Anakin spoke highly of you. And Ahsoka, in the very most cliche thing she could have said here, is interesting. He never mentioned you. And it's just like, okay, like that's, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's always the response to, oh, I've heard a lot about you. Oh, funny. I was, I've never heard of you type of thing. Um, but Balin's Balin response says, to that is actually really telling to yeah, why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Balin says, everyone in the Order knew Anakin Skywalker. Few would live, uh, few would live to see what he became. And then he says, that surely must have left a mark. Is that why you walked away? abandoned him and so yeah he's just trying to get in her head like he's yeah, trying, trying to, to the skin play mind games with her and um and so then they get ready to duel they're ready to to throw down and and because ahsoka says i'm not here to discuss my past and uh they throw back a couple of very shakespearean lines to each other and uh and then she takes her lightsaber out and he takes his out and we have a little have at it fight, um, which ultimately ends in Ahsoka getting thrown off a cliff. Right, Sabine. Sabine shows up, and Sabine has hands on the apple, and Ahsoka set instructs, commands, orders Sabine to destroy it. And Sabine hesitates and struggles and don't want to do it. And so in a pretty swift fighting move, uh, Balin throws Ahsoka off the cliff and begins to work his mind screw magic again, where he's getting into Sabine's head and basically convinces her that they have the same goals and that in him achieving what he wants to achieve, she will achieve what she wants to achieve in yeah, getting he, back Ezra. He does something interesting here too. Like after Ahsoka goes over the cliff, um, he, he paw he like pauses and closes his eyes and kind of takes a moment to, to assess her emotional state, like almost kind of dive into her mind, but yes. he doesn't use the force to manipulate her. He just uses like the facts of charm. the situation and kind of charm. Yeah. Charms her like, look, this, we want the same thing. Like, yeah, he just uses the yeah. facts and charm to, yeah. And makes her a promise. And this is again, yeah, he says, why I, I feel give you like my word. I feel like he's more Jedi than kind of, dark sith yeah dark because Jedi. it well so it's that's interesting right because here. he like he convinces he basically his gist is that he that you know he's her only choice in in like they have to work together yeah. and that if she destroys it what you want <laughs> yeah and that if she destroys it then they'll never and he kind of calls her bluff he tells he tells her he's like destroy it go ahead right but then you'll never see Ezra again. And so, and asks for him to hand it over to her and says, I want to help you. I give you my word. And when he first says that, you wouldn't be crazy to 
doubt that he means it. Right? Like, I don't know. He's a bad guy. So, you know, he's lying to her. He's using the dark side of the force and and he's ruled by temptation and lust for power and he's he's full of shit. And immediately after Sabine gives over the apple, which we all knew she was going to do, Shin comes in from behind and starts choking Sabine. And we're like, okay, yep, there it is. Until Balin orders her to stop and says, I gave her my word. And unlike her, you know, unlike her master, I intend to keep it. I'm going to keep it. Interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, really he's interesting. Not, yeah. And this, this whole, this, this scene just kind of locks in for me that he wants to do good by the galaxy, but he's going to do it by any means necessary. And for him, that means he needs power and he needs Thrawn and he, and he's going to make a deal with the devil to get it. Yeah. To, to yeah, do yeah. good. Um, so then we we cut to um, we cut to Hera as they're coming through the shuttle or coming through hyperspace and arriving in the the system where all this is going down. Yeah, and Yang they're able know what's going. Yeah, on. they're able to communicate with Hu Lang, Hu Lang, who Hu Yang. Right, it's so hard. I don't know. It's <laughs> a weird name. Um, who is able to update them on the situation and say that there's this massive hyperdrive engine that is needs to not be allowed to take off, essentially. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing at the same time that it's it's ready to go. We now have our coordinates. We're ready to take off. And then Balin destroys the map so yeah. that no one else can, can follow them. Yeah. yeah, we know where and we're it going. It takes a lot for that lightsaber to cut through it. Sure does. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like switchy, he's holding his you know? lightsaber right on it for a good two or three seconds before it cuts in half. Yeah. And so the and they're ready to take off. Here we go. And the X-Wings are kind of headed into fighting position because they're like, okay, well, we need to prevent this thing from taking off. And it takes off. And kind of leaves like a big energy blast behind it that sends all the X-Wings either A, destroyed, or B, kind of tumbling aimlessly off course. Yeah. I got, um, when they realize it's going to jump and that they're going to jump whether they're in the way or not, did you did you get the same vibes I got? Did you get- um, Last Jedi? Was it Last Jedi? Yeah, Last yeah. Jedi vibes. <laughs> Yeah, where Admiral like, Holder. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be at yeah, least yeah, yeah. one X-wing get torn in half. But I guess because they went through the center of it and not Well, I guess one X-wing did go down. <laughs> but Yeah. Um yeah, they went through the center of the ring so they the ring didn't hit them. Didn't hit whatever, them, but it did cause an, cause them to kind of fly and get go crazy. So yeah. then so then we cut back to Hu Yang, who's trying to get in touch with Ahsoka. And we see that Ahsoka, we kind of glaze over the edge of the cliff to see Ahsoka, I don't know, kind of laying on the water, but then, like, this may be a dream sequence. I think it's a dream sequence because... What? No. What? This well, is a dream then, sequence. Then how did this she get there? This is a Rebels there? thing. This is the so, world between worlds. Okay, so, so how does she get there? Because she's simply just thrown off the cliff. So why right. is she now there? So, yeah, that, I I don't know. Like, why is she in the world between worlds? I don't know. But this is, without a doubt, the world between worlds. For sure. Um, no, I know that. But, but I, I was thinking she was just imagining it. it. She's just dreaming it. Yeah. So I don't know how, like, the force brought her here is the only thing I can imagine. Okay. For some Uh, reason. For for what reason? And maybe we find that out next episode. Right. She she hears a voice and she turns around. So, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. So she's standing there on this, like, 
you know, the the rainbow bridge from the Bifrost. And uh and and we hear Hello Snips. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Not only that, we turn around and he's And she says she says, yeah, so she says, Master? And we hear him say, I was wondering, uh, what's he say? Hang on. Uh, I didn't expect to see you so soon. And she turns around, and there is Hayden Christensen, a little bit de-aged, and a little yep. jankily de-aged, I will submit. Um, but there's Anakin Skywalker. And she says, in, Anakin? In his, in his, the outfit he wore in Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, so... With the same but, hairstyle. But then... Like the Jedi Then, mullet. just before we fade to black... I mean, he smiles. Darth Vader's theme oh, song plays. Oh, the, the, the M- Imperial March, yes. Now... So, and this is me not knowing... Uh, I have so many things to say. Okay. This is me not knowing much about the lore of the world between worlds, I guess. Is this... Like, what is this? What am I seeing? Is this Anakin Skywalker from a different point in time because of some sort of weird hoodoo magic? Is this not Anakin Skywalker and this place is just messing with her head? Or is this... Although he doesn't look force ghosty because they're in this place where he doesn't need to appear as a force ghost, is this the Anakin that has now been canonized as how he exists forevermore after being killed by Vader? Because we see him appear on Endor and alongside Yoda and alongside um, Obi-Wan, and he's... Hayden Christensen like this is what he looks like now so is it what is this what am I seeing um so the world between worlds is like a force nexus like it's it connects the force described as by Obi-Wan in A New Hope is the force binds us it connects us it's like brings everything together and makes everything exist or whatever Uh, Right. right that's my abbreviated version of what he says. <laughs> so this 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 is kind of this weird kind of force nexus where where all time and space are connected. And right. in Rebels, the only we, we only were we only ended up there once. Ezra Bridger ended up there through a um a, a, a Jedi and on a near at a Jedi temple on um on his home planet the planet we saw first met sabine on in this show yeah uh, uh lothal lothal thank you on lothal and it it took like when he entered the way he en- like just kind of a quick kind of break down how that happened was the empire was trying to gain access to this because big baddie your favorite Star Wars character of all time, the Emperor, wanted access to this. He knew about it, and the way the way Ezra gained access is they kind of snuck into the base. The Imperials had the temples, kind of they were uncovering it, and there was a um, mural of the father and the daughter and the son. Uh, the father being the balance of the force, the daughter being the light side of the force, the son being dark side of force, this whole thing. That that whole thing is another story altogether that was, was done in, in Star Wars Clone Wars, where Ahsoka essentially has taken on the essence of the daughter um, was by being saved by her. Wow, I'm running a rambling story here. <laughs> <laughs> but sure are. the mural essentially Ezra had to use by using the force had to manipulate the mural to kind of have their hands all overlap. And then it opened up this Nexus portal and he stepped into it and he ended up in this world and through a portal in this world, he was actually able to save Ahsoka from 
death by the hands of Darth Vader. And um, so Soak has been here before. She she recognizes this place. She can't not. Um, how she ends up here now is kind of a mystery, right? Like the force has brought her here somehow. Um, my assumption is that it's got something to do with her having the essence of the daughter of, of the light side of the force in her. Um, or maybe she was brought here by Anakin's force ghost. And this is Anakin's force ghost. It just appears real, like an actual human in this realm. I don't know. We'll find out next episode. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards is that this is actually Anakin. Yeah. That this is, this is Anakin, Anakin as he is one with the force now that he's passed on. Yeah. Um, and because she's in his realm versus him visiting her realm, the realm of the, of the living or the world or whatever, um, that he doesn't look force ghosty because he's not having to project himself into that realm. This is just how he exists now. This is like Jedi heaven, essentially. This is where they all end up when they're, they've transformed into the force. I wouldn't say that. Like he's having to project himself there somehow as well. Just like they project themselves to people who are living. But here right. his projection seems real. Okay. Um, but the, um, yeah, I have had one issue. Okay. With this show series so far. And now that we're talking about a lot about Ahsoka and we brought up the daughter and stuff again in the clone wars, once she's kind of saved by the daughter and her essence or whatever is kind of now part of who Ahsoka is and her character, she's kind of followed around and you see it periodically, not all the time, but you see her periodically. She's followed around by a Morai which is like a little owl creature who followed the daughter around through that whole story arc. Kind of symbolic of like, okay, the Morai is now following Ahsoka because the daughter now lives through Ahsoka kind of idea. Okay. We haven't seen a Morai once in this show. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Like, I, I, and it's not, it's not a game breaker for me, a deal breaker, but like looking back at the last four episodes, there's definitely been some opportunities where they could have had just like a, a Morai kind of hanging out on top of a, a, the, the edge of a building or something as Ahsoka walks by at the edge of the frame or something like, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe there has been, but I, if there is, I've missed it. And so is every breakdown video I've, I've, I've watched. <laughs> Right. Okay. So I w- so the one last thing I'll say is I do love that we are now in an era of Star Wars where we're seeing prequel cast members return. Like it yeah. makes me really happy that Hayden Christensen is back in such a big part of Star Wars again. Yeah. Um because there was a long period of time where there was just so much hate for the prequels that it seemed like maybe a lot of those cast members would like, wouldn't even want to have anything to do with it again. Like it just, it was, you know, they were kind of shit on for Mm -hmm. the art that they had made. And I wonder, I wonder what's causing that. And one theory I have is that like, now that so many people, and I disagree with this immensely, but now that so many people hate on the sequel trilogy, I'm wondering if it's like people are seeing the prequel trilogy in a new light now, where they're like, they're oh, you know for, what? For something. It's, <laughs> it's for not so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, um, I but it makes me super happy. <laughs> it makes me super happy. that I never uh, hated on the prequels, this. but. 
I did see no. some of their flaws. <laughs> well, for sure. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can um, see some flaws in the original trilogy, which will piss some people off, but yeah. it, it, like it is what it is. Yeah. But this is, yeah, this is cool. I, I, I'm excited to see what happens here. It's uh, it is pretty dope. It's so exciting. Hey, snips. Right. <laughs> And this better not be like Didn't expect to see you here so soon. This better not be like the beginning of of the last Jedi. Well, where it's like, oh my gosh, we end we end with like what 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 words are about to be uttered next? And what's then what's really crazy is we we only get six episodes of this, right? Is it six? Um, Am I wrong? I feel like it's six. It's either six maybe, or eight. It better be eight. Because we're already at four. And the the bad guys just left, and we haven't even met Thrawn yet. Uh, it is eight. It okay, is eight. Good. <laughs> yeah, because because things are gonna feel really rushed if they're gonna try and tie up some ends here. Yeah. But so I we are halfway like, through. Yeah, I f- I feel like they're not gonna tie up a lot of ends. There's gonna be a lot of loose ends. A lot of well, intentionally, um, right? Hanging, because they're yeah building well, up yes. for that movie. Yeah, and that's and that's where I was leading to, like some very intentional, um, dramatic cliffhangers, leading yeah. to another. Are they doing? They're doing like another episode of Mandalorian and then the movie, or is it I the think, other way? Around? I think no. I think there's a no because I think the movie's last right because it's supposed to just wrap everything up. Um, right, so another so episode, I think another season another of season of Mando for whatever then, godforsaken reason, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah. So was this episode a winner or a fail for you? Ah, oh, this was great. Lots of great stuff in this episode. I have, yeah, this this show is everything Star Wars should be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Me too. Me yeah. too. Because you, yeah. you're not, you weren't going to ask. So. I was about to ask you. I was about to say, I'd ask you, but I already know your answer because it's the same as mine. Oh, so let's just such move a win. <laughs> such a yeah. win. Oh my gosh. Like, man. And I didn't like, it was a shock. It was a shock. I had, I had not heard any rumors or inklings or whatever that Hayden Christensen was going to show up in this. Yeah, me either. Like none. So that's that's really cool. Really, really mm-hmm. cool. I am longing for traditional Star Wars, though. Like, it's something I've been thinking watching this show. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. This is great. And there's all kinds of world building and there's all kinds of whatever. And Anakin showing up definitely makes it feel more like in intertwined with the cinematic story, the like the episodic... Yeah, chrono- uh, chronology of Star Wars, but and I know, I know, a lot of people are like, "Well, oh, we don't want another Ray movie. We don't want whatever." No, I just want. I hope, and I know they've said they're not going to, and I'm hoping that the new person that comes in after Kathleen Kennedy will be like, "No, nah, hell with that. This is what we're doing. Let's do it." I want the next Ray movie to be Star Wars Episode Ten. With an opening crawl and a like all of this world building stuff, this elsewhere in the galaxy, elsewhere and whatever, it's all great. But all of this other world building stuff also just instead of like progressing the story, the story of Star Wars, which has always been about the Skywalker lineage about the Jedi and the state of the Jedi and the fight between light and dark. Um, instead of progressing that story, all of this other stuff, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Andor, it just kind of, it's as good as it is. It's, it's also just kind of universe bloat, right? We're just, we're just like adding world building we're just fleshing out other stories and other places and i'm just so ready for the next chapter yeah this one like this and the mandalorian are doing that at the same time they're trying to explain the some of the 
reasons why the galaxy's in the state it was at the beginning of the oh prequels, for sure sequel for sure story. yeah for sure so, but you know what i mean like i'm it's ready not going for nowhere but yeah I'm ready for a saying. movie I where I know it's going to be about Jedi and Sith. I know that R2-D2 and C-3PO are going to show up because it's the next episodic film, right? Like, I just, I'm just i just ready for the next Star Wars. So, right. <clears throat> but I do love this. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly known as Twitter, listed down below. Check out our Patreon, whereas for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and we even throw you some fun kickbacks in return. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Did you mention the merch? No, I was... was, Yeah, and we have merch. Yeah, we got merch. Just throwing you a a curveball. We have... have, We have... We got this really cool mug that'll have... if If you follow our show... Uh, especially the Andor series, uh, it's got a little inside joke on it that only you and anybody else who's listened to it will understand. Yeah. Empires yeah. and spoons. Yes. Everybody's yeah. soup. <laughs> Everybody's soup. Uh, all right. Until next week. Uh, Bye. Bye. I mean, you can look forward to this this coming out this weekend. Uh, Pete and I are back at our movie reviews. Oh, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. we're reviewing the nineteen ninety Stephen King adaptation of Misery, which I'm very excited that for. Miserable. I'm very excited for <laughs> it just because I know Pete's gonna hate it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. Yeah. Brienne had a theory. Brienne was saying to me today, she's like, you think, do you think people have just started voting on the film that they think Pete will want to watch the least? <laughs> and I said, I don't know, but I hope so. I yeah. hope so. I, I, all I know, because what, what year is that? That's 90, 1990. 1990, yeah. All I know is I enjoyed the Rocketeer episode. That was pretty cool. I like that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. It makes me want to go back and watch it. Uh, but there is a dis- you've gone through the '90s now, pretty much, and there is a distinct lack of classic action films in there. And I mean, even, we've put them up as show, vote options. Even when they show up, they never get voted on. Except no, they don't me, perform so. well. <laughs> I'm I'm very disappointed in you and Pete for not putting them up more. And disappointed in the listeners for not voting on them. <laughs> well, now we're going to be into 80s action flicks. So it's all good. Yeah, but nobody's. it's going to be the same thing. Pete's going to pick some two posh films that I've never watched or care about. And you're going to pick <laughs> two that are funny, goofy, or horror-based that I've heard of and may have watched. And there's going to be nothing. Yeah. Like, how did Dances with Wolves not win? Like... That's an amazing flick. It's so good. It's not I wouldn't call it an action flick, but it's like it's close enough that like I, I-